And welcome back to Richmond Tiger Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. How are you feeling, Andy? You know, one of our bits on this podcast is after a depressing loss or a couple of depressing loss or when things are looking back or bad or when we've, you know, there's a few consecutive things have gone wrong. Well, um, usually you, but one of us will point out, well, in uh, 2008, you know, eight calamities happened in a row, which were worse <laughs> than this. It's one of our bits, but I think so. I'm always nervous of hyperbole, but I think... This is genuinely the saddest I've I've felt about Richmond. Not despair, not uh, bleakness like it was after, say, 2015 or 2016. You know, there's there's nothing. There's lots of triumph in this story. I'm just really sad that this, this wonderful team has come to an end. And Nick, in my lifetime, I, I went through, and you sort of look at teams that won multiple premierships. Mm. And Hawthorne did it twice, Brisbane did it, and Geelong was through a spread over 12 years. You know, they were three-time premiership winners. So that means that in our lifetime, 80% of AFL teams never had a team as good as this Richmond team that's just come to an end. And yep. so I'm profoundly grateful, but it's also, it's all happened so quick, um, the, the, some of the key figures going so it is sadness it's sad it's sad it's a grief but it's also it's been a, a in a life of a team it's been a life well led that's true look it it is it's unprecedented like for for a club for a club this old and this storied um the our second and fourth uh, games record holders going out on the same day like the um, the closest thing I could find as a comparison was um, Francis Burke and uh, Kevin Bartlett, who were then one and three on the list, um, retired within two years of each other. But yeah, this just you know it's it's almost impossible to imagine like six hundred and fifty games of experience. Um, walking out the door like a three-time Coleman medal winner, a three-time premiership captain, uh, Brownlow medalist. Like it is, this is, you know, round end of seasons are, are often sad. I remember um, one of my earliest memories of going, going to games was actually crying at um, Jimmy Jess's uh, last game and, yeah, I, I, rem- I remember it too. And he, he was playing in the reserves, right? Uh, no, he was. Oh, maybe. Oh, I thought I thought we we cheered him off from the reserves before the start of the game. But either way, I had almost no memory of Jimmy just playing. I just knew that he was important to the Tigers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the it was more important. Uh, what? What he represented, than our, our, our having seen him through that that journey. Um, yeah. But in this case, it, we've seen every it was single in, one of their games. Yeah, it was it was the reserves. He played five games in his in his last last season. So, yeah, it's an end end of an era. I I reacted differently actually. Um, 
somehow I don't know why the um uh, the Jack one got me a bit more. Me too, and I think we discussed this offline and my theory. But look, I got emotional just watching. I was rewatching the Saint Kilda game just to do a bit of quick research for the pod. Admittedly, there was a lot of fast forwarding going on, but um, yeah. but yeah, I just didn't want to be completely. Uh, completely non-compass with you discussing St. Kilda and just watching Jack take that semi-decent specky. Yes. Um, it was uh, a very Jack mark. Yeah. It was. And, you know, uh, I think as he mentioned, uh, he would have got 15 inches higher in his prime. But even that, like, that just made me pr- profound. Like, even that made me put on the feeling of grief. But I think it's because, like, with Cochin, it's been obvious that the end, like, it's been a slow decline and, you know, mm. we it, it's all to the end. But we both said about eight, nine weeks ago, and this is this is a judgment I stand to, is that I'd be perfectly happy to have Jack to play next year. I think he'd be a different player with Lynch mm. next to him. But, you know, no one can blame him for retiring. Don't get me wrong. I'm not second guessing mm. the decision. But I, I just feel like he can keep going. And I, I, I just, I want every game of Jack Ringwald in my life. And I possibly can. I just love watching him play. I've always loved watching him play. And now it's over. It's just yeah. like the idea of watching Richmond that Jack is just really sad. And because he's always there. He plays every game. I know. Um, I I had a very similar reaction for you know um, for for Trent in, and we'll we'll talk about Trent more a bit a bit later. But sort of for me, it it feels like the natural and satisfying end to the story. Whereas um, Jack's stories always had more jagged edges. Like there's always you know. Um, he got he got dropped from the uh, leadership group when he was in the absolute prime of of his uh, career. Um, uh, you know he uh, there was the there was the running from the media incident, running from the media, questioning the game plan. He and I've I I found there was no way of looking this up easily, but he. He won the Coleman Medal and finished ninth in the Best and Fairest in 2012. Like that's something's not quite right there. Um, and even in his first, in 2008, and thanks to Simon Wallace for sending us this video, he had a shot for goal after the siren to win the game, and he missed. Yeah, I actually he I was at the end of the ground he was kicking to, and I didn't. I didn't think he had it, <laughs> and he did. Well, well uh, it was the end of the game. It was a fifty-five minute shot. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But, but it was just—I'm just—it's not a storybook in some way. Like, well, one one thing that really struck me looking at Jack highlights, like we remember, we remember the the ten goals he kicked at the MCG, and and look, to, I don't want to emphasize the negatives too much because that there's an amazing positive story uh, we'll talk about as well, but. Uh, I think might have, I'm not sure if it was his tenth goal, uh, but as he kicks it, he turns to the crowd to to soak in uh, adulation, and that that's inconceivable for for the Jack Rewalt of the Premiership era, who who became so uh, sm- like he used all his football smarts to become the very best team version uh, of the of the player who could be. 
he 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 learnt he learnt lessons uh, the hard way. He had innumerable off-season uh, surgeries. Um, I remember uh, his face more than anyone else's at the end of the the twenty seven preliminary other. Oh, 2017 preliminary final, just the sheer emotion that oh my god we've made it. Oh and yeah, he, he was, I, and I don't he was think, crying. yeah, and I don't think I was going to. And then Jack, um, uh, uh, Richo interviewing Jack at the end of uh, 2017, and just the the sheer the sheer emotion of that. Like, ah, mm. it was. It, it was a journey. Well, it, I think, you know, as any Hollywood uh, scriptwriter will tell you, it's the flawed heroes that are the most mm. relatable and the most beloved, and he was a flawed hero. Mm. But, and, but, and, but a, and, a, and a great footballer. Like the, a great and incredibly reliable. Yeah. He just, he never had, but, you know, after his initial seasons, he averaged 1.5 goals a game in every season. And yeah. or higher, he was just he never had a bad year. He had one game. No, and as a as a prospect, so I went I went back and looked at some draft stuff from his his draft year. And look, Kerry, um, it it all starts um, bizarrely enough with uh, Graham Pollock and a and a three way trade with us and Fremantle, uh, where we moved back from pick eight to pick thirteen. Um, uh, and got Graham Pollock for our troubles. And look, um, pre-draft, the AFL uh, Phantom draft linked uh, Collingwood at eight, um, and uh, St Kilda at ten to to Jack Rewald. Both both ended up uh, passing passing on him. Melbourne one pick ahead of us went for James Frawley, James Frawley instead, which you know, pretty good career. But yeah, there was there was no guarantee uh, he fell to us. And then you know, there's there's plenty of people in his first couple of years saying, ah, oh, he's too small, he's too slow uh, to be a key, key forward. But he always kicked goals. He was just a natural uh, forward. Like he kicked. Four goals in a in a VFL game as a as a seventeen year old for for the then Tassie VFL team and I thinking about it he's actually spoilt a whole generation of young key forwards uh, for me <coughs> Liam McBean because um, I I just can't you know for Jack um, VFL kicking goals in the VFL was was just another step on his road to success and that's that's not always the case there's loads and loads of young forwards who kick goals in the VFL who and it doesn't translate to seniors but you know he made it work yeah and he made it work I, I mean he was not he had a phenomenal leap um, mm. obviously he was later draft because he wasn't quick that quick off the mark but his greatest skill to no, me. He was he was over three point one seconds for twenty meters, which for a for a, a key forward, well, it's it's actually quite similar to Tom Lynch, which is fine if you're Tom yep. Lynch, but not yeah. not, <laughs> not if you're six centimeters shorter. If you can stand in one spot like Tom Lynch can, um, yeah. But yeah, the I mean, his greatest skill, well, his his funnest skill. Uh, 
okay, his funnest skill is the speckies, but his most yeah. admirable skill is his ability to read the ball and fly it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't never seen anyone do it better uh, in a Richmond jersey. Well, and he's the uh, we've been blessed with generations of of gun Tasmanian forwards. He's he's the best of them in the wet. Like, like I I I can't think of any uh, outside of Richmond in the AFL any key forward who was as good as he was. You know, kicking the ball off the ground or uh, tapping on and just reading the play uh, a split second faster than anyone else. Yeah, um, I said this on Twitter that um, Ando Tigers of old uh, tweeted the the famous retweeted the famous Jack Tap to Dusty. Mm. Um, oh, I love that moment. I've tried that so many times. It's the way he taps it down and to the side and perfectly to where Dusty's running. Like, yeah. Just if you're still playing footy, just try and do that in training and not tap it up or tap it nowhere near the guy who's running past, oh, even and, the stationary targets. And to, to hit him in stride. It, it is is a phenomenal act of skill. Actually, it makes you wonder whether he could have clunked it because he had such control, but he did the right thing. It was is just an amazing moment. And yeah. probably the most quintessential Jack moment, really, because he split the pack, um, he had a high leap, and he showed incredible intelligence. Yeah. Um. And just team, to, team first, late Jack. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that you know the that um, forward line in twenty seventeen, based around him and an army of small f- forwards relying on him to um, you know, bring the ball to ground, and an inside midfielder turned uh, second key forward in uh, Jacob Townsend. Like, yeah. It's a, it's an amazing story, and I think even we'll think back on this year, like Jack, Jack in his late late career, still you know manfully answering answering the call every week um, with Tom Lynch out. Like it just yeah, yeah. I think a journeyman inside midfielder would have been more would be more mm. fitting of the tribute. But yeah, this this year again, it's that's why. You almost feel like he could go on, but it's couldn't go on forever. And no, and he did. He did. He did, he seemed at peace with it, which which uh, I really liked. Um, the um, I really the, the club did a good job with. Uh, uh, they did an article with um, uh, uh, Rewalt Richardson and Hart all all talking about Jack, which was which was a nice touch because. You know, Royce Royce doesn't do a lot of uh, stuff these these days, so I think that's a that's a that's a clear sign of respect. But um, one of the one of the many things that made me emotional this week was thinking that with Jack and Trent gone, that's uh, there's nobody left who played with Richo. Yeah, it's it, it is in so many ways an end of an era, and like. It's sort of the last, like to me, okay, I was a teenager, but Richo was my last childhood hero. Um, mm. uh, the last footballer I adored who was older than me. And um, he, yeah, he's the last link to that era. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And so we've dealt with that. And no, no, no. Well, well, just to, to finish on Jack, the, um, look, he, you know, he's already. Uh, an experienced 
media performer. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if he gets into to coaching. But, yeah, um, he's, he's talked about getting involved with the new Tasmanian club down the, down the line. But, yeah, I'd be surprised if he coaches. We'll see. It's hard to predict, right? Mm. Um, like who's good in the media and who's not. And media's different to how it was a few few years ago. And look, who you know, like he does the gig on, like it's one thing to talk on the footy shows. It's another thing. As a player, it's another thing to sort of do colour commentary. So mm. best of luck to him. Um, yeah, he's got personality. And yeah, he doesn't. I think you'd be well prepared uh, yeah. as well, which which is not something you can say about all of them. It would be a nice change, but look, you you, you never know. So uh, mm. either way, you know, I don't care because I just love him forever. Either way, mm. yeah, true. Um, so last week, um, Trent announced his retirement as well. I mean, I think we 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 already said it, but. Um. Yeah, and and we talked about it for his three hundredth game as well. That yeah, it really it feels like a story that um is complete. The you know he's he's had the uh uh the uh, adversity um sort of early in his career with. With injury, he becomes a star. You know, captain, first captain's the club at twenty. You know, by his mid twenties, um, his captaincy's under under question. He, like everyone else, um, uh, you know, um, called uh, uh, his captaincy um, debated endlessly. Um, but yeah, then the, and then the, the transformation into uh, the the trend that we see today, mm. and it took till the very end of his career. But uh, Brooke Cochin actually posted a video where you saw a bit of bit of himself, um, and him telling his uh, we put shit on Twitter, but um, him telling his kids and. It's mm. just you see the mask slip for a moment and see how much it meant for him. It's also beautiful because he loses patience with his children. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very relatable. <laughs> um, and yeah, you saw the mask and what it meant to him and what a family man. And I, I don't know. I always in the Basho Hulig book, he's a quiet star of that. Um, yeah, he is very much so. And he comes across very well and how he made an outreach um, to sort of cross the cultural boundaries. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he he is he is who he is. You know, he's actually been Jack as well. Both both married, childhood uh, sweethearts. Um, you know, pretty much family men these days with with uh, three kids. Um, I think I think we'll miss how much we've taken for granted. Sort of. You know, gent- gently mocking. Uh, you know the cliches, the perfect hair, um, the re- the relentless uh, advertisements for bus- uh, paid gigs for businesses. Like they've all they've all become, you know, part of uh, 
who he is, and yeah, I think we'll miss him. Um, not laughing at them anymore. Oh yeah, and just totally, and just the quiet competence he exudes on the football field, mm. and just everything about him. His little sniper acts that are often well chosen. Um, well, the 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 how how hard it for a a ball. You know, a ball-winning prodigy. Um, just how hard-edged and competitive he was, and how he refined that that brutality later in his career. You know, the um, just never taking a backward step in, in some pretty famous incidents. You know, the yeah, D- the- Dylan Shield, Mumford. But I was just thinking about. I think it was this preseason or the preseason before. Um, he flew the one of the younger players got hit, and he flew the mm. flag straight away. And he he, ga- he gave away a free kick with a, but he was just making a point. Um, the, he was a he was a man who he knew he knew when to make a physical statement. And sometimes, yeah. it, not only in the big games, but sometimes you need to do it in preseason matches as well. He got uh, voted. Um Best captain and uh, by the the entire AFL play, playing group at at least once and yeah that he 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 became uh, he had leadership thrust upon him but he became a great leader through through trial and error and yeah and and learning from his mistakes which which again I think's I think's very endearing. It's a, yeah. Systematic of the club. Yeah. Uh, so representative was, of the club. No, no, absolutely. Um I think I think it's gonna be uh, like for us, like he's gonna transition because we've sort of seen this day coming, he's gonna transition from contemporary hero to legend pretty much instant instantaneously. But yeah. I'll be, I'll be interested. You, you saw in the press conference just the, you know, as much as he's he is a great teammate and a and a family man. He's also intensely competitive as well, and uh, just uh, I hope he finds an out, outlet for that. I was wondering, you know, he's talked about um, doing some work as a as a mentor, which I think he'd be really well suited to. But yeah, I wondered. One didn't like some sort of high performance role, even outside of outside of football. Might even might even suit him I mean, in foot in football as well. But yeah, I, I I think yeah, there's something there again. Again, it's it's hard to uh, uh, play. Uh, don't you know? Coaching doesn't seem to be any an ambition, but yeah. It'd, it'd be a shame to um, losing to football. I just say wait and see on that. Like they have a long, mm. they're a long time retired, and yeah, absolutely, a, a year's time is a long time to think. But starting point of they're intensely competitive. Well, where's he going to get that rush um, mm. other than coaching? Mm. It did another look. Two two more things. One. Um, the um, just uh, uh, years ago, uh, we talked about uh, like the value 
uh, sort of how Richmond approached their rebuild versus Melbourne in the in the late zeros and what Melbourne did, sort of stripping everything back to the studs. Um, whereas, you know, I think the value of um, having having guys like this, you know, have their whole career uh, as as Richmond men, as one club players, and for the you know the the current younger playing group to sort of see what they can achieve uh, in a in a Richmond career, and yeah, I don't I don't think it's any coincidence that sort of all the uh, all the players we've really wanted to uh, to keep, with the, the possible exception of uh, Jack Higgins, um, we have kept in recent years. True. I, I think, in fairness to Melbourne, had um, those players they stripped back won three premierships, they might have been a bit... <laughs> but they... Yeah, but that, bit... that was... I, I was... Um, I always thought there was a special place in hell for the people who suggested trading Richo. So, yeah. <laughs> well, some of them would be our listeners, and, you know... You, yeah. Yeah, um, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Reflect on what you've done. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm. We're we're both firmly in the um in the not trading richo. Then then as now, <laughs> but yeah, I get. I we all say things in anger at times. Um, speak, um yes. Look, one one final thought that's maybe transitioning to a um contemporary issue. So the the look, we'll, we'll talk talk more on the, the coaching search on a future show when we, we haven't got quite as much to, to talk about but uh, I was I was struck um, how both uh, Jack and Trent talked about Chris Newman actually hmm. nice little nice little Easter egg there hmm. I, I filed that one away um do you want to, do you want to talk about the St Kilda game? I don't really want to talk about the St Kilda game. Uh, all right. Well, I, it was. <laughs> I feel we. I feel like we should. Look, they kicked well for goal to kick out to kick out. Oh no! But they, oh my um, god! They, they did sort of win on the stats. Like it was it was frustrating. Um, on, unexpected shots. It was a it was a fifteen point win. Yeah, like, it, and like who who the hell knows? Because the last quarter they just. It, it was very much uh, they put the the cue in the rack and saved their powder for 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 next for the next game. So it's it's sort of one of those games where you, you just don't know what would happen. But it was frustrating. Um, the past two weeks, the Dogs and Saints combined have kicked twenty two goals seven in the first half. They did kind of on a few of the sort of like things like. Uh, you know, I know this is trigger warning to some listeners, but um, things like the player ratings, like the top three players, like there were a few things that I sort of wonder were in they were in control. You can't prove it. Like we actually won the clearances. Um, obviously, we dominated the hitouts with the two ruck setup. Um, you know, they had more of the touches, the the intercepts, which are tied, which usually amounts to a loss for us. So. You know, there was sort of the flow of the game metrics, but again, it's a bit ruined because the last quarter was a bit junk, junk timey. Mm. So it's hard to know for sure, but I, I, I don't think... Lowest, I don't, lowest pressure rating of the season for us. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think there's too. There is a universe where we win that game, but I don't think I, I don't think there's that many. We'd have to play better, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, few few things I wanted to point out. Um, well, I'll, what did you think of Thompson Dow's game? Did I did I text you at halftime Thompson Dow breakout game? You definitely text me at some stage that it wasn't, um, but it was it was interesting and God bless. <laughs> it was almost a breakout half. He had fifteen disposals to to halftime, and uh, I I almost went back to check how many how many sidesteps um, he had it in the in the first half, but it was quite a few. It was it was a fun half of football. He's had he's had little bursts of good football uh, before, but I I really enjoyed that one. You can actually go if you watch. If people don't want to watch the replay, they can watch the highlights of individual players and watch the Thompson Down mm. high, highlights. And every time he plays, he does one or two inside things with the ball, and I think he's got it. And then it just it uh, he actually it's never it never quite adds up. But um, he actually turned in fifty eight percent of center uh, clearances. Mm. So, so yeah, we go I understand. And his his disposal efficiency was was pretty high as well, which for an inside midfielder, um, it's not always the case. And and honestly, for Thompson Dow in the VFL, hasn't always been the case. Yeah. So look, we'll, we'll just yeah, because that's the thing is he he hasn't torn the VFL. He's had good games in the VFL, but um, he's had a good month in the VFL. Yeah, but then it's not like sort of uh, oh my god, he's the next best thing. Good month. It's just like good solid form. Like it, you know, it's it's not the I'm going to tear the AFL apart. I'm I'm the next thing that's going to explode. Um, so yeah, well, he'll probably get the next two weeks. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Thompson Dow truther, as, as you know. Mm. Um, so I was pleased. He's he still would. only he's still only 21 years old as well. So well, we'll just see, right? He's got another few weeks, and you know, he's got mm. this week, which will probably be a bit easier, and then next week may well be a bloodbath, and you know, we'll mm. see, see see how he goes um, against the pretty good uh, Port midfield. So certainly interesting. Um, Tolly Young was our second highest rated player on the AFL ratings. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, but he had, uh, I think, eight eight contested possessions, which is a lot for uh, a back mm. of uh, a keep back. And yeah, just rewatching the, he's not on the, he's not featuring a lot on the the St Kilda goal uh, highlights. Um, so sort of. You know, it, no, it, it, it's disturbing how few defenders do, because there's there's somehow um, St Kilda forwards running free. Occasionally, not all. It, this got overplayed a bit in Richmond social media, but yeah, occasionally that was on Bolter because he wasn't very standing very close to King. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, it wasn't. Oh that will God. not be. That will not be on Bolter's. Not all the goals were because of Bolter's loose checking, but there were a few. No, there were um, a few. Uh, no, there, were, there was the obligatory um, inexplicable free kick. Yeah. Or two. Um, Dusty, of course, was great. Um, Jack mm. had that uh, beautiful mark. Um, 727 metres gained for uh, Jaden Short. 
Oh, yeah. Leading leading player on the um on the ratings. Mm. Uh Dusty at twenty six. Toronto continues in incredible goal kicking form. Mm. Um, um Jacob Bauer um Oh yeah, that was the one other player I wanted to talk about. Yeah. He had another another almost game. Um it's actually kind of frustrating. Um but I liked I liked that he got uh, moved to uh, defence in the in the last quarter, and yeah, as you, as you say, it was uh, junk time. But um, I like he had a nice flow for the ball, um, uh, playing as a uh, as a defender in the, the the last quarter. I sort of it was, um, yeah, and and he's a very nice kick uh, for goal as well. So it's sort of it's. Uh, I've enjoyed. It's hardly been overwhelming, but it's sort of it's, it's some of the flashes I was hoping to see from him. Yeah, um, I think that's all summarised. Um, but good, like neither of his goals were spectacular acts of, acts of play, but he he converted. Um, and just no, no fight- his his goal kicking routine is reassuring. Mm. Like it looks like it's going to go in, which is nice. Hmm, That's a, nice. That put that puts him on a short list of current return players. Yes, yeah, since one of them just retired. Um, sorry, yeah, even Jack's goal kicking is not hasn't been is it, has been a bit funky. Yeah. Um, and I would just a final note is that um, for rare, um, Jack Higgins actually managed to show some restraint celebrating his goal in junk time. Yeah, in it. Unprecedented. We should. We would be uh, remiss um, not to mention Nathan uh, Broad's junk time goal as well. That was um, taking taking him to a career high two goals for the season. <laughs> yeah, nice one. And um, these congratulations on the birth of his. Yeah, but, yeah. He, he was he featured in some of the Saints' early goals as well, but you know. Um, congrats to him for the birth of baby. All right, Nick. Um, uh, VFL was—I mean, we we're playing a team that's not going to make finish in the finals, but it was a pleasing win. Yeah, pretty fun. And look, we've we've talked about um, the you know the um, Thompson Dow stepping up. Tyler Tyler has had a couple of weeks in a row uh, above thirty disposals. Uh, now, which is which is pretty fun, and um, kicked a goal, kicked a nice goal. Um, yeah, covered covered a lot of ground. Uh, the and look, the first half, the first, his second half was definitely better than the first half. But the second half, him, him and Morris Rioli, and he was also playing on ball. And Morris. I think he had two disposals in the in the first quarter, playing as an on-baller, which which wasn't great. But he had his precious stats were, um, I th- I think if he, you know, if it had been an AFL game when we could attract it, that would have been um, close to the highest we've ever seen. Like he had thirteen tackles, and he was just a constant menace uh, defensively, and and he worked into the game. With his ball winning as well, ended up with uh, seven clearances, eight inside fifties, and yeah, it's it's still, um, he's yeah, he's still he's still a ball uh, ball of clay that's nowhere near 
finished uh, yet, but gee, gee, he does some unique things. Yeah, like it's it's you know I was talking before about Dow's form was solid in in the VFL, but like there's solid form for like Rocky Street's forms in the VFL is really good too. But stat lines that look like you're an AFL player looking to explode, and twenty mm. disposals and thirteen tackles looks like looks like there's something special there. Yeah, look if he he'd, uh, if he can get a bit cleaner with his. With his ball handling, that's that's still that's still you know inconsistent part of his game. Um, yeah, and like just to also, he had zero marks, which is like we don't have uncontested stats, but I think that's a pretty good sign that he's not getting he, he's he's struggling a bit to get cheap cheap dis, uh, disposals on the spot. Yeah, and and it was a pretty wet and crazy day as well. Um, I loved. Um, I think he's. He's an official Richmond Tiger Talk favourite, but uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? Uh, my culty uh, Lafau, um, the the big boy uh, who sometimes key forward, occasionally uh, pinch hits in the ruck, and had some time in defence. But he's that guy. Uh, he is a big, strong boy, and he is fast, and he hits really hard when he tackles. And he he is a ton of fun to watch at the VFL. Yeah, no, he's he's lots of. I hope we keep him and Street around next year. Street obviously is, you know, the sort of heart and soul of the team with thirty-seven touches. Yeah. Um, if we uh, had Lafau as one of the uh, guys um, training with us over summer, I would I'd be completely happy with that. <laughs> he seems more like a. Like, if anyone could find a spot for him, it would be Dimmer. Um, but, you know, that, that era is over. But um, would, he, would he, could he play a Jacob Townsend role? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, well, you know, he's... I'd just be intrigued what you could do. Um, you know, and, and this is, you know, everything becomes easier with uh, Tom Lynch, but... Um, what you could do with a 195 centimetre, 100 kilo, uh, extremely fast dude who loves um, slamming into people. Um, that'd be pretty fun. Well, you know I love him. I'm not yeah. he, he had 10 tackles. Mm, uh, good times. 195 um, centimetre bloke with 10 tackles. Yeah, don't, don't say that every day. Yeah, he, he averages six tackles uh, a game for the for the season. Um, look, the other one, just to, to mention quickly, the... Um, Simpson Ryan had a, a good but not great day in the ruck, but they, they swung uh, Kalen Bradke uh, into the ruck, which is, I think, the first time he's done that for any length of time. And he had 16 hitouts in a, in a quarter, which is pretty <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Um, no. But nice, good for him. Yeah, look, the... Um, Having having a key forward uh, who can ruck is very much a uh, unf- unfulfilled uh, ambition uh, of mine. Yeah, he's not going to. Yeah, true. He had six disposals, so we might just have to pump pump the brakes on. Um, but yeah, um, not mm. a, a nice little flash. Mm. North Melbourne. Mm. I've got a I've got a stat for you, Andy. Mm. 
So if we if we bet north and then uh, bet port in the final round, what well, you know it'll we'll, we'll finish off uh, five hundred for the season and, uh, and sort of it'll be disappointing um, for our expectations at the start of the year, but you know it's a it's a middling season. Um, that would leave us with the same number of wins that North have had over the past four years. Yeah, ouch. That's and that's five wins worse than any equivalent four year period in Richmond's history. And Richmond had, has had some dark periods in their in their uh, history. And this, yeah, uh, you, you're beginning. You're beginning. The draft system is finally um, throwing up some gun gun kids as a result of all this mediocrity, but oh, it, it has North fans have lived through the bleakest timeline Yeah But yeah, I mean there's a I don't want to take your um, I was chatting to a mutual friend of ours who's a North fan about things he's excited about with North at the moment <laughs> And an un, unfailingly optimistic North fan, God bless him Well you have to be, right? Um, and and fairness uh, um <laughs> Uh, you know, um, uh, you're. Pre- I remember when we were bad. You were pretty good at um, finding joy in. Um, not a, not as good as he is. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it's always in the eye of the beholder. Um, I must admit, I do like that uh, they've uh, um, nicknamed Wardlaw, um, uh, Wardlaw, uh, Warlord. Yes. Um, that, yeah. yeah, that's nice. And uh, he, jo- does, jo- he, does, he does crack in. And Josh Goda, who we all remember from the draft year, um, yeah. he's starting to come on a bit. Sheasel, they're playing off the half-back line to protect him yeah. a bit. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty Rolls-Royce. Yeah, his stats are good. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there... LD, LDU plays plays really well against us as well. Yeah, and he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's become a good player. He was a bit of a, he was a, bit of a slow burn. Um, Nick, Nick Clarkey is is very much Oscar Allen East in in being a, a pretty good key forward on a bad team. Yeah, thirty point line. Is it? Oh, that that's that's gone out a bit from midweek, but maybe maybe the assumption is is we we play well. Um, I was interested. Uh, um, uh, sounds like Goldstein might. Might go on next year, which uh, which was a bit of a surprise. Goldstein did a tap in a VFL game highlight that I saw was one of the best acts of skill I've ever seen. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, he's. I really like Goldstein. I think he's a fantastic uh, uh, player. Yeah, he's had a he's had a great career. I mean, it's always um, how much he used to um, dominate. Um, if he was a was a source of some frustration there for a while. Yeah, there is um there's a long and glorious history of um people of Jewish descent playing at North Melbourne, which is hmm. um which continues to this day for um with uh Sheasel. Um hmm. but yeah. Um any I mean it's a bit Dow's playing, the kids kinda of got dropped to make way for the for um Yeah, look the 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 team balance is a bit funky because we didn't drop Drop down, um, uh, uh, so 
you know, we're a bit shy on, we're a bit over, uh, we've got a bit too many inside midfielders and not, not enough uh, small forwards, but I don't know. Um, uh, I, read a, I read a training report suggesting, you know, Trent, uh, in any other circumstance, Trent probably wouldn't play, but I think, you know, this, well, you know, this isn't this isn't an ordinary game. No, I mean, what would be fun? I don't know how many games you need to play to be eligible for the VFL finals, but um, uh, wouldn't it be fantastic if Trent went back to the VFL to play to get them into the finals? <laughs> one one last flag. Um, you'd have you'd have thirty thousand people at the, every VFL game. Uh, they'd have to move them to um, bigger grounds. Um, if Goldstein. Uh, was on Richmond, uh, and he's played a fair few games this year. He'd be yeah. our second highest rated player on AFL rankings. Yeah, there you go. Um, the thought I keep having about this game is that we haven't uh, the current year of Richmond, unlike uh, previous generations, where every big milestone was an opportunity for fresh disaster. Um, we've been pretty good on the milestone. Uh, on the big milestone games, and you'd think, you'd think this is this is one where they're not going to have any trouble with motivation. Oh, I, I, last two weeks I've been utterly confident in in the loss and won quite a bit of money on it. But um, this week I would absolutely, I would be genuinely stunned. I wouldn't be upset because it doesn't like whether you win or lose is. Oh, I'd, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd, upset. Yeah, I'd be mildly upset. Like I don't think it'd touch, but I would be genuinely shocked if we lost. I'm Nick. I'm Andy. We're Richmond Target Talk.